taxes in the city out your mouth. If you have nothing nice to say. Welcome back, everybody. That was kind of a weird entrance. If you've been living under a rock and haven't heard the news, Will Smith slapping the hell out of Chris Rock. Was that Bane from um, Batman saying, keep my wife's name out your mouth? Is that what you're going for? That was for? from a distance. I covered my mouth because oh. it was at a distance. We didn't, I it, thought it, you were trying to talk <laughs> like Bane from the dark night rises. You think darkness is your ally? That was pretty good. That was not bad. I know I, I got mean, some impersonations. I have. Guys, we have a treat for you. But first of all, we got approval for a interview. Hallelujah. This is a big deal. First of all, yes, we would like to thank the Academy for believing in us. Secondly, we'd like to thank our guests today for breaking the curse. And third, we'd like to thank Captain Peter for no particular reason. We're just kind of missing them a little bit. Not that we don't enjoy having you here, Clay. We love having Dustin, you here, Dustin, you have the whole spot in New York City to yourself. We're basically paying your rent. You don't miss me or Peter, man. You and your girlfriend is living large over there in the place, man. First of all, I'll say this. Yes. I'm going to say your meals. Your meals are pretty good. I've been... They came again, huh? Oh, we have another batch coming? No, is that the next... The new batch never came. Oh, it came last week. Yeah, last week. There's a new batch coming. That's what I'm talking about, baby. This guy's uh, eating my meals. He's drinking my protein. He's sleeping in the house that I'm paying rent for. I haven't even been there. This guy is just <laughs> benefiting. It's unbelievable. I am taking care of Trip though. Trip's an old dog. You know, it takes a lot of time and care. I got to put his eye drops in three times a day. Got to take him out. But what are you doing for me? That's Pete's I dog. brought your mattress. I brought your mattress up yesterday. The movers brought my mattresses up. Not that match. I mean, your bed covering. I brought that up. Wait, that so was the bed heavy. covering actually came? It came. It just came. I brought that up. That was pretty heavy. Yesterday. Okay. That, that counts for something. I'll give you one amino energy for that. Okay, I'll take it. Guys, we have a special guest. We have former MLB player, Batser Nation resident, the nice guy. One of my favorite guys, honestly. One of my favorite guys. Mike, Mike Planeta, ladies and gentlemen. Mike Planeta. Awesome guy. He's a guy. great guy. Guys, this is a big interview, so let's just, uh, let's just get into it. Mike P., the man himself. What's up, guys? How we doing? Thanks for coming on, brother. How you feeling? I feel good, man. West Coast time a little bit earlier than you guys, but you know, this is, I know we've talked about this for a while hopping on here. So I'm excited to be on. Mike, it's good to have you on, man. I'm going to go on a limb and say Mike is in, um, we all know who the top athlete in Bachelor Nation is. Um, (laughs) He's speaking right now, but um, I'll go on a limb and I'm going to give Mike top five athletes in the history of Bachelor Nation. This guy's Got a crazy story. He's a he's a pretty good athlete, really good athlete, honestly. But I mean, like in comparison, you know, to me, it's like he's okay. But anyway, so he's a great athlete. He's got a crazy story. He played professional baseball. He played college basketball. He wanted to play football, but it was a little too hard for him. You know, the physicality <laughs> of it. But uh, unbelievable athlete, man. I can't wait to get into uh, talking about Mike's story a little bit, guys. Very very interesting. I appreciate that, man. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna save I'm gonna save the banter for when we get into that because Clay from the day Clay and I've met, we've been going at each other with, with who uh who's the athlete. But I gotta give it to the man. He played nine years in the NFL, so you can't really can't argue with that. So uh I mean I appreciate Whatever. it, let's, Mike. Let's let's stop rubbing his ego. We Dustin gotta do it never kissed me, <laughs> man. He never. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyways, this, yeah, this is about you, Mike. So, let's talk real quick. How do we all know one another? I guess I'll let you go ahead and give that little rundown of. Yeah, so I mean, I think so. Clay and I first met when I went to Chicago on that would have been Labor Day, and then about. Three weeks later, Justin and I met in Belize. We were all on a trip together, and that trip was actually that's one of the best trips I've ever been on, to be honest. I mean, it was, trip. yeah, it was incredible. We, I'll never forget. <laughs> this is actually this is actually a funny story. I'll never forget. Uh, so we get on this trip, and none of us really know anything about this trip. So we're we're kind of left in the dark. We just know we're going to Belize. So our flight gets delayed. We get in there pretty late. We end up, we're thinking like, okay, we're, we've, we've taken a car to this place. You know, we've driven for about two hours. We're like, we're not really sure where we're going. You know, I was, you know, we were the new batch. Our, our season had just ended. So we were the new batch and we, we, I mean, some of the guys may have knew you guys. I didn't know hardly any of you guys. I just met Clay and only our guys. So we take this like janky van for like two and a half hours. We get to this boat at this point it's like 10 30 PM. <laughs> And we kind of look at each other and we're like, all right, are we about to be killed? Because we don't know where we're going. We're going, they're saying we're going on an hour and a half boat ride in the middle of nowhere. It's like stormy. You can see a tsunami coming on in the, or not a tsunami, a hurricane coming on in the background. <laughs> and I'll never forget. I think it was uh, clay. I think Dustin, you're down at the bottom. I think it was clay drew Pete and I, and we're sitting up top at this boat and we are just talking about the what ifs of, of what what would we do in these situations if everything went wrong? And for an hour, and we and we thought this trip was going to be about what maybe thirty minutes ride. We're on this boat for an hour and a half in the middle of nowhere. At this point, it's midnight. We're literally on our way talking about the what ifs of what we would do if this, if if this went bad. And then we finally got to the island and dude, that was one of the, I feel like that was an incredible trip for all of us. We got to, you know, connect well and, and uh, just kind of disconnect from the world and do some cool things. That was fun. Back on that trip there though, man, like <laughs> you, you forgot like the potholes. We went down like a back road for two hours. Big ass potholes. The police looking at us funny. You, cops. You could, you could yeah. just hear the jungle animals talking. It's pitch black everywhere. Yeah. Oh man, that boat ride was scary. I was like, I mean, you were saying, what if there ain't nothing you could do if something went wrong out there? You're done. We're in the middle of the sea. The only time you could see light is when the lightning from the storm came on. That was it. That was it. And that's what I'm talking about with with a potential hurricane that was coming. It's like, okay, we're either going to capsize in this boat if this goes bad with the weather or we're going to get hijacked. We, we, and that was the what ifs we were playing. And you're right. I mean, I remember that, you know, what was funny is that car ride actually on the way back. So I think clay was in the, in the van with me. And I think you might've been too, Dustin on the way back, there was a window open in this car and we didn't realize that we were just taking on dust the whole time. 
And by the time we got out of the van, our our stuff had like a layer this thick of dust all over our bags in the back. I'm like, man, this is brutal. Inhaling all this dust and shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lungs are terrible. But that trip, man, we got there. It was beautiful. It was insane. Guys, we were on a small island. It was literally to ourselves. No one else yeah. is really on this island. Maybe two other couples. But it was just us. Uh, we had some good little bonding moments with the three we of us. Uh, yeah. We went out to the pier. I, I guess you would call it a pier out there. And uh, yeah. it was pitch black. And they had like these blue um, black lights under the yeah. water. So you could see you like see the, the stingrays come up. And you could just see yeah. the stars and we talked about a lot of things. We talked about values, faith, yeah. um, past mm-hmm. relationships, and uh, goals. And uh, we had a nice little bonding moment out there. That was really dope. I really, I really yeah. cherished that moment we had, dude. And that's like, I, I know uh, we've all of us have talked about this, you know, past that trip. But you know what comes with these trips and yeah, there's, there's really cool opportunities and things like that. And there's, there's beautiful parts of the world we get to see, but at the end of the day, man, when it comes down to these trips, it really is about, you know, building these friendships and, and not just on a surface level, you know, it's actually digging deep in these friendships and understanding who the person actually is. And I think that's what, what, you know, those moments you were talking about on that trip specifically, where a lot of us were like, you know, we weren't, none of us had service. We weren't on our phone. We were just sitting there, Actually, you know, it almost reminded me of like when you're on the show and everything's taken away from you and you have to like, you know, really dig deep, except now there's no, there's no camera or anything. So you're like being super vulnerable and you're, and you're being, you know, you're talking about things that I think guys neglect a lot and, and you're right. I mean, I'm, you know, those moments on that trip, those are those things that really build out true friendships. And, you know, and, and I valued that too. That was, that was a dope trip. Yeah. Those are great moments, man. Oh man! So let's get on to the let's leave Belize now. Tell yeah, us we about got, baseball. You know what we got to talk about first, oh. though, before we get started, right? What we got before talk we about? before we get into Mike and, and talking about baseball and his. I already know we, what's coming. <laughs> we got to talk about exactly. We got to talk about the Oscars. We got to talk, talk about, about the Oscars, Oscars man. I mean, <laughs> All right, let's talk. Will about Smith. It. I mean, if you've been hiding under a rock and and you don't know what happened, um. At the Oscars, I was watching it live. I don't know why. I'm not a really big award show guy, but I'm watching it live. Chris Rock is a presenter for. He's going to present a couple of the uh, the best the best picture. I don't think it was the best picture, but he's going to present a couple of the awards. And he comes out and he starts um, he starts rolling off a couple jokes. And one of his jokes, he um, he targets Jada Pinkett Smith and says, "Hey, uh, Jada, you know I love the hairstyle. I'm be looking for you in." G.I. Jane 2, which is, you know, apparently talking about her, uh, her, her hair, how she's got a shaped head. Little does Chris Rock know that she actually has alopecia, which is a hair loss, a disease, autoimmune disease. Will Smith seems to think it's funny at first. He's laughing, but then he looks at Jada, and Jada isn't happy. So Will Smith gets up in the front of the Oscars, the, 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 the Academy Awards, walks up to Chris Rock and open hand slaps this man on live television in front of everybody, sits down. And um, when Chris Rock is basically like, what, what, what the hell just happened? He says, keep my wife's name out your effing mouth and says that twice. So there's been, 
And to make the situation even stranger, even more strange, and I was like, we're living in a simulation for, for sure. Two awards later, two awards later, 10 minutes of real time, Will Smith wins the Best Actor Award and gets on stage and is hysterically crying and talking about what just happened as well as talking about, you know, receiving this award. It's his first one for Best Actor. And just made it all the more strange to me. And I, I got to hear your guys' take on what happened. Because I, I have a couple of takes. But I want to hear what you guys think about this. History in the making. History. Yeah, I mean, here's what I'll say. I, I, I wasn't watching it. But, of course, you know, you see stuff trending on Twitter. So you were like, what happened? So I started, you know, digging and, and looking at it. Here's what I'll say. I'm a big fan of Will Smith. I, I've loved Will Smith, you know, since Fresh Prince, you know, growing up with that. And I love Chris Rock, too. I think he's hilarious. So I was confused. You know, I watched the video. I'm like, and then you, you, I saw stage trending on Twitter, too. So I'm like, okay, maybe this is stage. So then I'm like, no, this isn't stage. This is, this is real. Here's my take on it. Do I think you should walk up and slap somebody? No, I don't. But to me, as a you know, being an ex-athlete, like that happens in the locker room, like four times a week. So it's something where it wasn't something that I was like overly bothered by because I understood where he was coming from. He, you know, he's standing up for his wife. Do I think he was probably a little overly sensitive about the joke? Yes. Especially with how funny Will Smith is. Do I think that there was layers to this for him? Yeah, I do. And I think this was probably a culmination of things over the last, you know, few years. And it probably boiled over because it was done in front of the public and he wanted to defend his wife's honor. Chris Rock can, t I mean, he can take a slap, man. He literally, he, he takes it and he's like, <laughs> and, and had humor with it, you know? And, and I was like, man, uh, that's why I thought it was fake at first. I was like, man, he took that. Well, it looked fake because he just it looked his head. It looked fake. But like I said, I, I see both sides. I would be upset. I wouldn't handle, I wouldn't have probably handled it as well as Chris Rock did. I'd probably been like, wait a second. Okay. If I knew that was real and I just got hit, I'd be like, okay, we're going to have an exchange of words or at least take it backstage. Right. Where, but Will Smith, I understand where he's coming from. And I don't think he was targeting specifically Chris Rock. I really think it was just, he was tired of this stuff. And I think he yeah. just, you know, popped off, but you know, what was the dopest part about it that I heard, you know, no, you know, what was the best part of it that I heard? was when he said, when Denzel came to him, and he actually said this in the speech, is he said, Denzel said, he said, be careful, the devil comes at you at your highest, your highest points. And I was like, man, Denzel's always dropping wisdom. Unbelievable. Denzel was the one, this whole situation, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. And, and not only that, you know, I also love the fact that Chris Rock didn't press any charges because he also probably understood. He's like, okay, you know, Will probably just snapped. It is what it is. We can handle this like, man, we don't have to get, you know, make it too you know, too dirty. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. It's like, I don't see, I mean, they're both wrong. No one's really right in this. Yeah. And again, like Will Smith, I'm trying to see it from his angle. Um, Jada's probably been very sensitive towards this, been very insecure, probably yeah. like telling him nonstop. He's probably in this. He's probably seen her cry numerous times. Yeah. Um, Chris says to Joe, he probably laughs and looks at her and it's probably just like, probably just hit him so hard that even like he was embarrassed to kind of giggle a little bit. So he, yeah, he has yeah. to stand up for his wife. And I would think that most women would want their man to stick up for him. Maybe not do that, but 
Yeah. Sticking up for your for your spouses, sticking up for your spouse besides just letting everyone laugh it off or whatnot. Yeah, and that's hard, man. That's a hard position to be in, especially in front of everybody. And that's the thing is uh, after watching it and watching Chris Rock's response, I don't know if Chris Rock knew that she had a condition. I don't think he, he did. knew that. He said he came out and said he didn't know. He probably, yeah. Yeah. Man, I bet Chris Rock was she <laughs> said a different joke. It also seemed like that joke wasn't even that funny. It seemed like he was reaching. Yeah. I think a lot of times comedians get stuck in this field to where they got to they got to reach for these jokes. They got to make a joke every time. And it's like, sometimes you don't have to just come up there, present yeah. the award, be yourself. You know, yeah. he, he was yeah. kind of reaching. Uh, in my well, opinion, he's a comedian. But- That's why they bring him out. They bring him out to tell a joke here and there. I mean, I understand. And here's my take on the situation, man. Watching it live. I thought it was staged like everybody else. I first thing I tweeted, I go, man, Will Smith went from knocking out an alien in Independence Day to barely making Chris Rock stumble. The first tweet I did. I said, it's so unbelievable. This guy can't even make, he knocked out an alien, punched an alien in the face. It was knocked out cold. If you ever watch Independence Day. Yeah. But here's what I think it goes back to, man. I've read part of Will Smith's book. I heard the summary on it. And he, a lot of it talks about how he wishes he was more assertive. He's afraid of being a coward. He thinks that he, he wished he could be more like Tupac was like one of his quotes, you know, and I think that was him trying to be that guy, you know, stand up, do, you know, do something on the whim. He's so put together and stuff. And then obviously he started digging into it, right? Chris Rock had said a joke in like 2016 about the Oscars because Will wasn't, didn't win a lot, didn't get nominated for concussion where he did an unbelievable job in the movie concussion. I thought he should have been nominated too, but Chris Rock's like, Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith is, are uh, boycotting the Oscars, right? So he's like, Will Smith can boycott the Oscars. Jada Pinkett Smith is boycotting the Oscars. It's like me boycotting Rihanna's panties. I didn't get the invitation. Yeah. I would yeah, love that's to what go, said, yeah. but I didn't get the invitation. That was his joke. And so they took and everybody started dying laughing. They weren't there. Okay, so there's a little history there. You start to see that part. Then he comes yeah. after him again. And then you think about, hey, what Will Smith has been dealing with the last year, Jada coming out on live TV, talking about entanglements, all these other men with his wife, and he's been the brunt of all these jokes. His face is a meme when he's on TV with Jada talking. You see that meme everywhere. You know, you, you guys know what I'm talking Will Smith, when he looks like yeah. he's like crying, he's real upset. I mean, he's everywhere. This guy's getting made fun of. It, it just happened to all come out on Chris Rock's face. No yeah. pause. But <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that slap was a buildup of a lot of different things, man. I'm telling you that that is why that happened. Then you start digging even deeper, and you find out that Will Smith is donating millions of dollars to Scientology. I, have no, I don't know about Scientology, and there's people saying that Scientologists, they, they abuse, they slap is like something they... So I don't know how deep this thing goes, but there's a lot of yeah. different things coming out. The Scientology also, thing, the Jada thing. He's also know. from West Philadelphia, born and yeah. raised. Yeah, the exactly. <laughs> I see why he things. got bullied now, though, with that kind of punching power. Man, that's why he was getting bullied. Will get in the weight room. Well, he make the bully wanna, stumble a little bit. He probably didn't want to kill him with a slap. I mean, anybody yeah. can take a slap. You know, a slap is meant to be disrespectful. disrespectful. A slap is yeah. meant to prove a point. A slap isn't meant yeah. to knock someone out or injure someone. A yeah. slap yeah. is meant to just really belittle somebody. You get slapped by another man in the face. I mean, in the yeah, old days, they used to slap people in the face. But after that, 
they would have to go. One of them would have to go. One's they would have die. to have a duel. One of them's got to die yeah. now. You slap me in the face. I challenge you to a duel. I accept yeah. your challenge. All right, yeah. now one of us has got to go. But let's answer this question, though. Do you think, I almost guarantee, yeah, people are making fun of it on the internet. I guarantee you no one's going to make a joke of him or his family no. in person no. anymore. I guarantee no. this is done. No one's going to, I guarantee it's done. Yeah. Yeah. In person. Uh, in yeah. person. Um, he set the tone. And that's, I mean, and that's clearly what. But online, it's amplified 1,000 times. Yeah, yeah. But it's kind of funny. It's not really disrespect. It's just, I mean, it's just kind of around the whole. That's, yeah, that's chatter now. Yeah. yeah no, it's, I, I think, yeah, Dustin, I agree. I think, and I, I agree with you too, Clay. Online, he's going to get absolutely crushed. <laughs> He's yes. going to get crushed and it'll, it'll be a lasting thing forever. Right. But he, I think people within, I guess his circle are now going to be like, yeah, that's off limits, you know? And, and yeah. then maybe, and maybe he can deal with this stuff online and maybe he can't deal with the stuff in his inner circle of people taking shots at him. So maybe that's the point he was trying to make. But if you do something like that on, on live TV, the internet is going to go berserk like it, yeah. like it did. But, yeah. I, you know, I think he was more worried about like, example what if Denzel is one of his mentors or something like that and that's happening in front of people that he respects or people that he's always constantly working with and I think that's where you're right Dustin people are like all right we're good like I'm we're gonna we're gonna lay off of that for a minute you know yeah yeah man that was deep well, maybe we, uh, yeah guys good talk man maybe we should maybe we should start a uh a nice little uh, show right here. I like this uh, like this group of guys. This know, is especially good. Especially since Belize. It's a good group. <laughs> you get picked up for The Bachelorette. Yeah, how's that happen? How do you get, how do you get cast for the uh, for the Bachelorette, Mike? So, I was living in Kauai at the time. I, I had gone there for work. This was in 2018, and uh, I was there for like four months. I get a random DM. I'm like, man, this ain't real. I'm not answering this. And uh, then I like four weeks later, I get another DM for another show. Man, what is this? And then I get a DM about the Amazing Race, and I'm like. Oh, this would be kind of be kind of be dope. So first it was Bachelor, then it was like I don't even remember what show it was, and then it was Amazing Race, and that was the only one that really interested me because I was like, oh, it's travel, and then they were like, you could potentially win. I guess it was like a million dollars or something. So I was like, all right, you know, I'll consider that. End up going through a little bit of the interview process for it, and then I just never filled out the paperwork. We couldn't find me a partner, so I was like, and eh, whatever. Just kind of close close the book on all that. I'm like, yeah, whatever, right? End up going to. Uh, moving back to San Diego and then had like, had a message on LinkedIn one day from another show. It was love Island. And I'm like, yo, what is going on? Like, why are these shows reaching out? And so like, these shows wanted you. Did you have like dude, a Instagram following and like stuff? No, like that? that's dude. And that's the thing about this story. This is what's wild. And this is where it got really wild at the end. Probably had a thousand followers, dude. I wasn't, I wasn't anything on social media. Right. But I just kept getting these DMS. Then I get it on LinkedIn. Then I get another DM about a, another dating show that they were just starting. This is where it gets wild. So now fast forward, we're at, at this point, I'd had like five shows reach out. Fast forward to February of 2021. So not this past February, the February before. 
I had four shows reach out in 10 days. What? Wow. And I was like, what the heck is going on? And it was Love Island. You'll laugh at this. Too hot to handle. It was... <laughs> It was uh, too you hot been to perfect. handle. You would have been perfect know, for too hot well, to handle. Well, I didn't know the context you of it, man. I would have won that. Oh I would have won that. So, so then, then it was like uh, there was one more show. I think it was like Love Is Blind. It was either Love Is Blind or another show. I can't remember what it was. And and this is what happened. I kid you not. To this extent, I remember sitting there and being like, because I didn't really answer any of them, and I remember looking up and be like. All right, God, if you want me to go on reality TV, I was like, make it clear. That's literally I suburbly said that next day i had another message from the bachelorette and i was like man not that clear i was like i didn't like i didn't mean that right so i i remember being like you guys know me with my faith i remember being like all right god like i'll go through the process but but when i tell you this y- y'all are gonna laugh at this because you've been through this process i remember saying this i was like all right god like if this doesn't like really like be really smooth uh process with these interviews i'm like i'm out i'm not doing this so we get in the meetings and i was brutally honest and low key when I got to like the last meeting with the producers and I'm always bold about my faith, but I was like going extra to scare them off, not to scare them off. But like, I was really, I was, I was holding church service in there. I was preaching. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and they were like, you could tell they were like, cause they asked me like, so are you like really serious about your faith? And I was like, all right, here we go. And, and yeah. I, and I wasn't doing it to be obnoxious. I just genuinely was like, you know, like I'm going to be so brutally authentic, like authentically me. I don't want like, cause I, I want them to know. Right. So I, after that meeting and it went well and, and, you know, I, you know, they liked me, but I, but I, in my mind, I'm like, there's no shot. They're putting me on this show. Yeah. Right. Like it's so counterculture. So all of a sudden they're like, and at this point, never seen an episode of the, uh, and they're like, don't watch it. Don't watch it. I've never seen an episode of the franchise. Didn't even know who the girls were going to be. Even if I did know them, I, I hadn't seen them. So I didn't know what they were like. And they just hid everything from me. A week later, they're like, yeah, so can you, you know, you're in, we picked you quarantine is starts on the, I think it was like March 7th. And at this point it was like March 3rd. I'm like in four days. And they're like, (laughs) yeah. So, so I remember, I remember being like, man, like who's going to take over my gym. So I called my boy because of COVID he he's an NBA strength coach. He was, he was just coming back. and, And I was like, yo, like, could you take this over for me? He's like, yeah, let's do it. And I'm like, okay, see, this is how I know I'm supposed to be going on the show. Boom. March 7th, sitting in quarantine for, you know, prepping for the show. And I remember just being like, and I remember, bro, first night, I remember at the rose ceremony, I remember being like, how in the world did I end up here? I was like, how am I here right now? Three weeks ago, I never even heard about this show. Like, how am I here? And come to find out, like, you know, when all the guys chat, I ended up coming to find out I was like the last ad. And, and now looking back, I'm like, okay, I understand. I understand why they put me on there, but I, but I, um, yeah, that's how it all happened, man. It was crazy. Do you think it had something to do with the fact that Katie was so sex positive and so different than you? They wanted to kind of see how that interaction was going to (laughs) go. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird. As time goes on, right. You know, I look back at it and you always have the, like, now that I know more, like that makes sense, you know? Do I know those intentions? I never asked. Do I think that I was probably put in situations for reasons? Yeah, no question about it. Specific dates. I actually watch your season a lot, obviously, because you know, my Andrew, cousin yeah. was on it. Yeah. And, um, I, I, I'll watch it occasionally here and there. You know, I, I remember I'm like, man, Mike, like this guy, like I remember thinking like this guy would be a great bachelor. 
you know, knowing you, I, I, I thought the same thing. Like they kind of put you in some weird situations when they're doing yeah. all this crazy, like outlandish, like sex talk and stuff like yeah. that. And I'm like, okay, why would they put Mike on that date? They obviously have control over that. And it, yeah. you know, it makes you wonder about that. You know, here's what I'll say though. And, and this is a, like, a lot of people were upset that I was put in situations like that. Do I think it was the best interest? Uh, you know, that's not for me to decide, but I will say this. I really think that, you know, I'm the, the man that I think I am or that I strive to be. I'm not perfect with it, but if I really think I'm strong in my faith, then why would I be intimidated by moments like that? In fact, I feel like those are opportunities to you rise. Them great. Yeah. To rise up in those moments and actually show who you really are. And, and, yeah. and I, and I feel like sometimes and I don't think this is our God. Our God is good, but I, I do think sometimes it's like, put your money where your mouth is. Like if yeah. you're going to say that you want to stand up for this, then you're going to be put in uncomfortable situations and, and you're going to have to show up. And that was one thing, uh, you know, I, it's so funny, man. I, I, I was talking with my buddies about this probably about a month ago and he was asking me these questions. And I remember being like, bro, the confidence that I moved in on that show. And here's why, because I didn't want to be there. Right. Yeah. I never in a million years thought that I, it wasn't just a bachelor. I never in a million years thought that I was going to be on reality TV. It wasn't me. I wanted to find the girl organically. I wanted to, I, that's just how I, I never viewed my life going there. And so often you think too, it's like, I think we're all guilty of this from both sides is we're like, ah, that's counterculture. Like I'm not going to put myself in that situation where I really felt like God was calling me to leap into that situation and dive head first in while still staying true to my convictions. And, and that was one thing. Once I got clarity on that and I felt like I was being challenged in that way, bro, the confidence that I moved with, I was like, y'all can throw whatever you want at me but you're not going to break me with this because of, because I know I'm here for a reason. And that's ultimately that there was one day specifically, it was the first group date where I got thrown in the wolves. And I was like, and everyone's like, that's BS. But I was like, but I don't care because I was called to be in that moment. And you know, what's wild about that moment when that aired, that was on June 14th from June 14th to June 21st. I had 40,000 DMS, 40,000 DMS talking yeah. about, dude, I had people that were Christians, non-Christians. I had people that were, uh, Muslim. I had people that were Hindu. I had people that were atheists from all walks of life that were like, Hey man, I may not even agree with you on that. Or, um, or I do agree with you on that, but just know that I respect you for being authentic and showing up for who you were. And I was like, you know, that's, and don't tell me like, we're not all called to be in certain situations for that. And that's ultimately like, you know, we can take the show for what it's worth. But one thing I'll say about the show is like, I'm glad I was put in those uncomfortable situations because that's refining. Right. And like, dude, to be, to be refined, you got to get thrown in the fire. And everybody that watched that knew I got thrown in the fire, but I'm so appreciative of it because like what it's allowed me to step into post of just even the man that I am of like the humility in it. Right. Like, I think that's one thing that's lacked is men. We always want to be like, Oh, I'm so tough on this, on that. And that was one thing that, I, dude, I really had to humble myself and get out of my own way. And that was something that was a learning curve for me, right? It was like, okay, you're the odd man out here where it's like, you may not be the one that is so conducive to this atmosphere, but like, you got to humble yourself and you got to show up and you got to love on people and you got to, and you got to show up with high character. And that was just what I tried to focus on. Did I always do it right? No, I didn't. You know, I'm not perfect, dude. And you guys yeah. know that you guys know me. I'm far from perfect, but I, one thing I tried to do was really step into that. You know, I think I, 
I mean, I at least tried to do it. And and people have said that that's what I did. So I guess, yeah. Mike for bachelor, Mike yeah. for bachelor. How about, how about this, Mike? How about, you know, you get a call from the producers, you know, I think it'll probably be in the next month or so. They start uh, getting all the casting stuff going and they say, Hey, Mike, you know, we think that you would be great down on this beach that we have, you know, in this place, little place called paradise. Is there a chance that we could see Mike Planeta on a beach near you? And I, th- I think, I think you do really well in paradise, man. And I, I honestly, I remember talking to you. I, th- I think, think you would have been a great bachelor, man. Just a guy, you know, a man of faith, you know, know what you want, but I, here's the problem. I think you're too, um, you're too refined. You know exactly what you want and you know how to do yeah. it. You would probably end the season early and really pick the girl that you liked. In my it doesn't deal with the, the BS. Yeah, I'd go to get yeah. married. Yeah, I would. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But is there any chance that you uh that maybe we see you on a beach? And if you can't talk about that, I know how it goes, but um yeah. I have to ask. I mean, there's things obviously that I contractually can't talk about, but I I here's what I'll say, man. There would have to be things that would uh, be smoothed over a little bit for me to ever consider that my exit was uh, yeah, there'd have to be things smoothed over. I'll just, I'll leave it at that, but I'll say this. um, No. And here's why, because there would have to be, and, and, and this isn't fair of me to say too. take this with a grain of salt. I, I don't watch the show. So I, I don't know who's all out there and who would be potential options. I don't know, but there would have to be a girl that, would be like a great uh, fit, right? And and somebody yeah. that I could potentially build a life with. Otherwise, I wouldn't waste anybody's time, right? Yeah. I, I not only would I not want to waste my time, but I wouldn't want to waste um, a great girl's time down there with without the intention of building something that's long lasting that that is leading towards marriage. Listen, man, I just turned thirty two. Like I'm a guy that knows I know what I want. I I want to you know start a family. I mean, Clay and I had a, a talk about this on, on the, on that, that slide in Belize. We sat there for about an hour and him and I were just talking about life. And we talked about what we're looking for and the direction we're going. And the reality of it for me, man, is like, you, you probably won't see me down there because for me, unless they had a girl that everyone was like, Mike has to meet this girl. Like they yeah. are so, so good for each other. Yeah. Uh, that would be a different story, but I haven't had anybody reach out to me about that. Of, of who that girl would be. So I, so I don't, so that's why I have no interest in it because I, I would have to have that because I'd, I'd go there to get married. At the end of the day, man, I know what I want. And that's another part is like, because I know what I want, it makes it a little bit harder for a guy like me to, to thrive in those situations. Yeah. Like you're a fun, funny guy. Like you can shoot the shit as they say it, probably not in those terms, but you know, we, we like to bust each other's uh, chins you know, bust each other's chins a little bit. And like hanging out with you, Andrew, uh, Justin, Greg, and all those guys. I've, um, it's been great, man. It's, it's, it's funny, you know, with Andrew going on the show, I've gotten to, uh, you know, meet you guys and, you know, get close with you guys. And it's, um, it's great because I mean, it's like, it's like, uh, kind of doing it all over again when I was on the bachelor with my friends and stuff and seeing you guys again, it's pretty fun just going through that whole experience again. It's vice versa too. And that's the attractive part, right? Is like, you have specifically like guys like, you know, you and Dustin is like, you guys are older guys, right? So 
So like for me, hey, 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 easy. Hey, no, no, listen, hey, hey. no, I'm listen to this. No, this is the point I'm making is that's more in my range. Right. So it's yeah. like, that's, those are, those are really attractive friendships for me because there's depth. Right. Yeah. And like, of course my close group. Yeah. We're, there's a lot of depth in that. Cause we're always together. So that's yeah. different. And then take the age out of that. But, but it's been so refreshing to meet you know, guys like you and even Pete and, and other guys that have been on the trips, it's been so refreshing because I'm like, like these dudes, a lot of these guys have the same, you know, vision of like where I'm, where I'm trying to go in life. And we get to like, talk about things. We get to refine each other. And I think that's the beauty, you know, of this franchise is you get those opportunities to meet some amazing people. So, but here's the thing too, is it the ego in me that wants to, you know, to show people that I have this other side of me? you know, I got to die to that. You know what I mean? Like I got to die to that ego. Like I don't need to prove to anybody. I dude, I'm so secure in myself. I know exactly who I am and I don't feel the need to have to go show these other sides of me. The only thing that I would go to show there is that I could go on that beach and meet a girl or that's what this was my you know purpose on my season with Katie is like show a girl that I can die to myself daily and serve a woman like her for the rest of my life. Like, that's what I'm trying to prove. And, and younger me would have wanted to go on the beach and peacock 24 seven. Like, that's what I would have wanted to do. (laughs) Right. But at the same time, like, that's just not where I'm at in my life. Like I genuinely want to like die to my selfish gains and like actually put somebody first and serve somebody. Right. And that's why I think it's, it puts me in a, a different, different area in my life that I don't know if that's conducive to that, you know? I'll say this. I would honestly, like you were saying before, after you went on the show, you got 40 DMs of people that just respected you and you inspired them. You know, you gave a little inspiration to them of maybe how they can act within their lives. And that's one of the reasons why I would actually love to see you on Paradise is to not feed into the baloney bullshit or the temptation. So for us to see like a strong role model that inspires all of us to be better in our own lives in certain ways. And I think that's, I mean, I, I don't know if that's enough to go on there. Of course, I know you want to find a wife, but I think it's just, yeah. it's really nice to see someone like you that it's not part of the bullshit, something that's just entertaining. It's some, you're somebody that is going to definitely make people deep down look in and try to be better. Dude, I appreciate that, man. I mean, and it's vice versa with, with Dustin, with you, it's vice versa with Clay you know, it's not just me. And and I appreciate you saying that, man. I do. I I just, I'm just, I'm past all that. Right. Like I'm too old for all that. And I, and I'm somebody, and and I don't mean it too old of like, I'm this old guy, bro. I'm young. I'm like a kid at heart, but I, but I, but I know what, what my vision is locked on and I know the direction I'm going and I'm not deterring from that direction. Now, like I said, if, if God says to me like, no, you're going there. Cause I have a woman for you. That's a different, but I'd have to have that clarity. I'd have to have that clarity. Cause I truly believe like it doesn't have to be so cookie cutter, right? Like if I met yeah. my wife in a situation like that, good for me. Like I'm not opposed to that stuff, but I, yeah. but I, but, but I think everybody in, I think people that are starting to meet me know what comes with me. And they're like, yeah. 
all right, well, we at least know what to expect with this guy, right? So, yeah, well, we'll see. You know, that's a that's a Mike for, I mean, that's a no for Mike, but let's see what the big man says. You never know what he'll say in this next few months. But and uh, I'm going to keep my eyes to... and ears open because I think, you know, I'm going to start researching some of these uh, potential beachgoers here for Michael Planeta, man. And I'm going to see if I think that there could be a match there and I'll let you it know. It might Mike. be a match, man. You never know, man. Mike. You never know. This was a great this was a phenomenal episode, man. I got to thank you, man. This was like, I already feel I, this has uplifted my day already. That's what happens when you talk to Mike and hang out with Mike, man. You have some great combos. You leave like you just feeling better. So always, uh, always appreciated about hanging out with Mike, man. The guy's a, a fountain of knowledge, just a bunch of knowledge and, and, and good, good vibes, man. Yeah. Y'all are hyping me up too much. No, no. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you, Mike. I'm looking forward to our next uh, tropical trip and our <laughs> 2 a.m. <laughs> under the star chats. So um, until next time, brother, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you on the flip side. Later, Matt. Appreciate Mike. you guys. Appreciate you guys. Seriously. Bachelors in the City is hosted by me, Peter Weber. And me, Dustin Kendrick. This podcast is produced by Red Rock Music. Our producer is Emma Martins, and our executive producer is Red Yoakum. Our audio engineer is Enrique Inahosa. Subscribe and like or review wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Instagram at Bachelors in the City Podcast. Got questions for us about the show, life, or really whatever? DM at Bachelors in the City Podcast on Instagram for a chance to be a featured third roommate. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening and sign up for our membership program to become a honorary third roommate. Join now for $3 per month and enjoy the episodes ad free. Click the link in the episode description so you can move in.